Hello, everyone. And I have to talk really quickly so that you don't read the behind-the-scenes dialogue that's coming up on the screen. Okay. We were just talking tips and tricks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like that text is still on the screen. I'm using... We are using this really neat website called Web Captioner. And I'm doing a display capture to another monitor. And I've got it right up here in OBS. Now, if you're listening to this in podcast... Um, we just hope our audio sounds nice. But if you're watching the video feed of this, if you are watching the vodcast on our Rollmongers Podcast Network YouTube channel or on our uh, at www.twitch.tv forward slash GM's cut, you'll see that we're going to try and start closed captioning all of our shows. And this website just does it for free, puts it up there, and it's great. I'm loving this. And we're trying to wrap our head around this, but it listens all the time. And it's always watching, but I have gone on enough. Today, we are talking to another fellow Canadian. Mr. Jesse Boros is in the house tonight, and he is one of two hosts of the DMs of Vancouver podcast. What's a DM? Well, it's a dungeon master, not current with the current game master, but dungeon masters usually refer to possibly 5th edition D&D or worse. He's in Vancouver, which means he's a Canadian, like myself. No, I didn't interview him just because he's Canadian. I just happened to find his show, and I like what I heard, and I dragged him here in front of you. So, help me welcome and thank Jesse. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me on. Now, just I know this is sort of like a leading question for later, but uh, DMs of Vancouver, you know, the podcast, the vodcast, the show, you said you were podcast only, so video is something new to you. Me throwing you in front of the camera... It's, uh, yeah, it's definitely new. <laughs> and uh, I might have tried to figure out the lighting a bit better if I had a, a couple of days, well, but... We, we, did, <laughs> yeah, we did what we could do in in, uh, in five minutes, and, and Sunshine, you look, you look great, man. You, you look great. Um, the DMs of Vancouver Podcast, is my understanding that you actually interview other Dungeon Masters and talk about their process and the games they play. So it's almost like a behind-the-scenes look. How would you classify your show? Uh, so behind the scene, behind the scenes look is is pretty accurate actually. Um, generally, what we do is we ask a guest to uh, beforehand to let us know what they think their strongest, like the strongest aspect of their DMing is, and then we try and focus in on that. Um, so um, you know, you you were telling me while we were setting up that you kind of run your games, and people have said it's kind of like a uh, like a game show host. So we would we would talk to you about that, and we would ask you questions about like oh like what like like why do you use the strategy does it like help you get a certain tone across and stuff like that i i admit i'm more of a two-star dm as opposed to a five-star dm <laughs> and uh it's it's my energy and my passion and my nitpicking to, to try to raise the bar with some of the audio, audio and video quality that keep my listeners entertained uh and my wonderful cast i have a great cast with great chemistry uh friends and new friends and internet friends that we've met the last couple of years alike um, yes, Matt Mercer, I am not, but, uh, we have so much other things to make up for my, <laughs> I don't want to say a bad DM, I just, you know, it's not the first thing that people say that, uh, you know, when they listen to our network, uh, but we'll get new DMs coming, new and better coming on the way, but, um, apolo apologies to Matt Damon, who, you know, we ran out of time, and your co-host, who, uh, couldn't make it today. <laughs> yeah, Sean's got some work to do, but he, you know. Maybe we can get them on another time. Uh, yeah, another time. Uh, we usually like doing dial back shows in three to six months or even a year now. We are celebrating our third year anniversary of this show and podcasting in general. And we've brought back guests and finally got our hands on new guests that we've been hounding for years. 
Um, but we are trying to change the format. I, I talked about Attack of Opportunity. This might be the last, or it's going to change. And I had fans going, what, what do you mean you're getting rid of the show? I was like, no, 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 we're not ending the show. I'm trying to alter the show <laughs> to make it more entertaining. Uh, add some different questions. Make it more of a loose discussion as opposed to grilling you just with questions. Bang, bang, bang. That kind of thing. But, you know, I can't avoid yield question number one that we love to ask all our victims. How did you first know that you were a geek, a nerd, one of us, one of us, you're a nerd, you're a geek, you're absurd, you're you're unique. It's our new logo. You got like, uh, hey, well, <laughs> Little Wayne, uh, you know, kind of nailed it in that song. So <laughs> I'm taking it. I'm using it. So that's that's interesting because I think I've been this way. Like I, I was born in '88, so I grew up. I was a kid in the '90s, right? Um, and that was kind of the time where like all of the cartoons were trying to sell us stuff. But we had Ninja Turtles, Transformers, and then going forward from there, more shows like that. Um, and like I've just always been interested in sci-fi and fantasy and all those kind of things like the earliest books i remember like reading and really reading and absorbing were the animorphs books um and like that kind of you know general science fiction stuff has been with me all my life i don't think i realized there was a distinction though until like probably i was like 11 or so so when you say animorph you're talking about stuff like uh red guard like the, the medieval mice running around uh, no, I'm talking about the Anwar's uh, books. They are they were written by K. Applegate in the 90s, and they were a series of books about these teenagers who got uh, who discovered an alien that was dying, and he gave them powers to turn into animals, and then they had to fight an alien of Ajanov. It's a whole thing. Oh, okay, sorry. Right, right, all right. Um, sorry, uh, the the term Anamorph, you know, just takes you down a certain um, <laughs> path, and I misunderstood. Sorry. Um, oh, no worries. So. You can't, we're, I love how guests these days are, are just like answering three questions that I've got loaded here. You're already kind of like, you know, was there a gateway drug or something? You're interested in these books. Uh, now, personally, I call the 90s, the, you know, the Harry Potter era, because suddenly, you know, instead of the 1970s Satanic Panic or the 80s, where people were clinging to the awesome Jeff Easley and Larry Elmore art and Dragonlance and all those things getting us going, in the 90s, the Harry Potter books come out and suddenly everyone's talking fantasy and it's okay to be into fantasy and that kind of thing there were so there were a lot of other authors influencing at the time i'm not discounting anyone else um it's just a thing with me going oh yeah 90s harry potter kid right there you go yeah um and that is also true <laughs> but definitely started reading those books when i was a kid when did you start um reading you know manuals and the tabletop games how did you get into rpgs how long have you been playing rpgs when did that start so i started playing when i was about 17 but for the couple of years leading up to it i had been like reading my friends books uh basically there was a group of friends i had who were playing since i was like 14 or whatever but they already had like seven players and i couldn't reliably get out to where they lived i went to a private school and it was kind of a a wide ranging thing where people from all over the lower mainland would go. So like I lived quite far away from the school and all of these people lived within walking distance. So it wasn't uh, doable for me to play with them for a long time, basically until I you know, had a car and could get myself around. Cool. The old yeah. mom's basement scenario where they, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, all, more you or less kid, kids on bikes, you know, and uh, you know, stranger things and they run to the basement and mom, the meatloaf. <laughs> right, so, something like that right um so you've been playing for that long and then you know the internet comes it gets big or whatever what made you decide to start making your own content not doing more than just playing for fun you know what what made you go from the 99 percent commuter consumer to the you know 0.1 percent content creator <laughs> 
Uh, well, uh, I was approached by my co-host, who I, I went to high school with. I'm longtime friends with him. And he was like, I want to make a show um, where we talk about talk about DMing because I'm finding that I do this all the time anyway when I'm making a game. I find a friend and I talk to them about it for hours. And he's like, and he was a pretty new DM at that point, And so was I. And the idea was it would also just help us learn new things, learn new mm -hmm. ideas and things we could do. So he approached me about it. Um, originally, it was going to be more of a panel show. And then we realized that just we didn't have the setup for that if we wanted to do it out of his apartment when we started off. Mm -hmm. uh, so we settled on an interview thing. That's still three people. It's plenty. Also, a lot of our friends who DM are great, but they do have a tendency to talk over each other. And we wanted to avoid that. Okay. So um, you guys are huddled up in Sean's apartment. Hi, Sean. Sorry you can be on the show today. <laughs> um, shout out to <laughs> the other DM of Vancouver. Um, you guys are huddled up in there. Now, so many people are doing actual play, but of course you need an entire cast. And a lot of people do, um, they talk about like somebody else's show, like uh, a show that I think is really cool. It's called the GCP Fan Cast. And they talk about episodes about one of my personal favorite podcasts, the Glass Cannon Podcast, which of course great to the world, like going on and on about them. Um, but um, you're, you're short on guys, right? And what made you decide besides, you know, this is your chance to learn DMing and we'll make a show of it, right? Um, what made you decide to go the talk show route instead of like just so many other ways of content where, like I said, you could get guys online like I do or that type of thing. Um, you've already told us why you're doing the one thing. Is there any reason why you, you know, haven't tried anything out, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. So part of it was that like, if you look at the actual play community, there are so many shows and even, even three, like what's we released our first episode just under three years ago. So around the same time that you started this one. Um, mm -hmm. But like we were working on it for almost a year before that. And at the time, um, Sean, especially, who was looking for shows to help him, couldn't find anything. Like some things exist, like Dragon Talk, I think, predates us. And some other shows do as well or came out around the same time. But we couldn't find anything that was kind of like that. And we figured making a show that's a little bit different than what everybody else is coming and talking about that is still D D adjacent would be a good idea cool no that's very cool like nothing wrong with being original and nothing wrong with actually trying to fill a niche there are so many youtubers out there that are big and for the last several years a big fad has been like i'm gonna show you how to grow your channel you gotta do this 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 and this and if you listen to a bunch of them because i have since we've broken into video um they talk about being genuine and they talk about finding something that no one else is doing. And they find about talk about researching that one thing so that you come off that you know what you're talking about. You know, kind of, it's all things that I've never done. Um, but uh, you know, it's too late for it's too late for some of us now. But you know, <laughs> you you could carry on uh, for us. Um, so you talked about uh, creating your content in uh, in Sean's apartment. That's where the magic happens, as it were. Um, do you have any other shows that you guys are currently working on? So I know Sean has been throwing around the idea of doing like kind of an actual play thing where he does like a different system every time to kind of teach people about new systems. Excuse me one minute. This is getting very rough. I'm side lit, but I don't look like I'm glowing red and about to like put up a fire shield anymore. Um, so we um, about a year and a half into making the show, we joined a local podcast network. And we now have, uh, we, we no longer record in Sean's apartment. We, we have a like kind of a studio that we've set up. Um, mm -hmm. So we're 
kind of starting to work on some other shows. The problem is, you know, time. Uh, we release our episode every other week, partially just because we both have full-time jobs. We don't have, you know, and we have other responsibilities. We don't have a ton of time to put towards making a bunch of stuff. So, oh, of course, of course. Uh, due to this, uh, due to our current circumstances, I've pushed ahead on one of the shows I'm working on, which is not at all D&D related. Um, and I know we've got some other things planned. And I've also made a like a mini ser- series for our Patreon, which is me. Uh, I talk to a DM and I basically uh, get them to tell me about a specific story that happened at their table that they think is interesting. And I try my best not to interrupt them until they're done. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, so th- that's a lot to process. Let's start with what the last thing you said, uh, a Patreon. So DMs pay you, become your patron to tell you stories and you record it? Uh, or, sorry. <laughs> Uh, no, so we, we're part of a network called the Cave Goblin Network, and we run our Patreon with them. And so part of the rewards for the network is every week there is a Patreon-only podcast released. And oh, we, sorry, roll, okay. we, we revolve between shows, so we call them Revolver. Um, so, you know, I had a turn, I did these eight shows, then, you know, somebody else did a show after me, and so on and right. so forth. Sorry, exclusive content to patrons only, and you guys have a bit of a variety going on. Sorry, okay, I, I misunderstood. Okay, um, and what was your other show? Like, just because we're we're geared to, to tabletop RPG, I'm if you're podcasting something else about something else, you know, uh, we're all ears. What uh, what else you got going on now that you're uh, in the quarantine? <laughs> um, so we haven't finalized a name, but I have a friend who is an entomologist. He studies insects. Hmm. Um, we talked a bit about uh, how my generation is kind of the Harry Potter generation, but we're also kind of the Pokemon generation. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, so he is familiar with the first couple of versions of it, but not super familiar with the later ones. So basically what the show is going to be is I'm going to present him with a bug-type Pokemon. We're going to record that first kind of half. He's going to go away and do some research and look through his textbooks and his resources and come back and tell me what he thinks the closest possible insect to that is. And then comment on how good of a like kind of translation it is from real world into video game. Oh, I see. Like, is, has the video creator done their homework? Are they actually taking elements about the species that's interesting? Exactly. Like, um, uh, was it we're like, actually recording our first episodes a bit later today, so, so we'll like, see how that ends up going. Like the old ant hall spell. It's like, well, why is it called ant hall? Well, an ant can carry forty times its weight, and you see this tiny ant carrying a leaf. It looks small, but again, you know, you have um, a man bursting through the jungle pulling a 747 with his teeth how is this possible well that's kind of what the ant's doing you know like several times uh-huh. its weight or 400 times its weight um and you have a, a pokemon which pops up and they're at least what eight inches to you know <laughs> three feet tall yeah impossibly and, large yeah yeah and uh, you know and then exponentially strength or whatever and something like that so am i mistaken is that where you're kind of going with that seeing what's uh Kind of. The thing with Pokemon, especially for the earlier generations, because they rewrite a sort of new Pokedex entry for every game, is that they've added more and more details to a lot of them. So, like, you know, what's the the first... We're starting with Caterpie, which is the, the first one numerically. You know, it has, uh, like, a thing on its head that starts to emit a foul smell. It spits out string to wrap up its enemies. It has, you know, suction cups that has all these details so he's going to basically look at those and you know see if that's you know at all close to an actual existing insect it's kind of a strange science education via pokemon show 
Yeah, no, that's good. I, I would strongly suggest some kind of video aspect or, or picture aspect or um, even the cover art for each podcast episode showing the Pokemon and the actual insect so that the, you know, your listening audience has a basis to go off of for their imagination. Now, what you that's just a good idea. What, I should. What you just I'm gonna write that down. After. What you just described. Well, the, like you know, I don't see you making the thumb to the forehead, and I have antlers, right? But what you just did, like how you described it, has this on its head. People are already imagining, right? Um, but anyway, sorry. That's um, that's just me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so many of the questions of the original show are like, you know, do you attend conventions where fans can? Oh, can't do that anymore. Okay, well, you know, what uh, what social media and content outlets can we find you on? Where can we find you online? So you can find me on Twitter at, uh, you can find the show at DMs of Vancouver. You can find me at Jesse Boros. Um, we have a Facebook. We barely use it, which is a thing maybe I will uh, fix during this quarantine. But uh, yeah, that's that's mostly where you can find us. We also, um, like I said earlier, we're part of a network. So if you're interested in checking out some of those other shows as well, uh, you can go to cave, um, the cavegoblins.com which has all of our stuff on it available. Okay. I, I got to say, I really like your logo. It's simple. It's two colors. And if you look at the lettering, there's like a cityscape placed in sort of a green and white robo block with, of course, the D20 in the middle of it dominating. And, you know, the letters really pop out. But uh, you can tell a lot of thought went into that logo for as simplistic as it deceptionally is. Um, so what leads to, like, I'd love to see that on a t-shirt. I'd love to see that on a hat. Do you have merchandise? Have you considered... So we have some merchandise available through the network, but we haven't really fully uh, developed it. Okay. So if you go to cavegoblins.tv slash merch, you can see that we're apparently the very first option. Uh, you can see <laughs> us there. Uh, at some point, I do want to, um, my, my wife designed our logo. So I'm going to try and work with her to make a better version of it to go on a t-shirt, maybe something that has a border. Um, but what... What I really like about our logo is it's the Vancouver cityscapers aspects of it. Oh, with yeah, the D20 yeah. being Science World, our big science center that looks like a golf ball. Yeah, I, I got that, but I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna comment. Even even the way you write Vancouver, where the letters roll like a roller coaster, that's really clever. I do I do like this. Um, so I guess you're just gonna have to Google this guys online for those of you who are listening to the actual podcast aspect and not watching the video aspect. But we are a podcast, we are a vodcast, and we are looking to alter the attack of opportunity. In the future, so brings me to my next question: What have you got? What kind of works have you got in the future? You've talked about a couple of them already, you know, some ideas and stuff. But is there something on the horizon, something big for you and Sean? Or are you are you solo? Is there something you know the Goblin Cave is whispered? Can we kind of um, <clears throat> sneak peek anything going on? So, the interesting thing about our network is, at least in relation to your show, which you know with tabletop kind of focus, is that um, all of the shows have a big variety. We're not all just tabletop related. Um, but uh, if I could plug another show on the network, which I am not always a part of, but I am frequently a guest on, uh, we have a show called Everyone is Jonas, which is a competitive role-playing show. So my friend Doug runs the game. He plays all the characters. The other three players, two constant players and a guest, uh, all competitively play the same character, resting control of him from one another and trying to achieve their various secret goals. Oh, that's and racking good. points up along the way. <laughs> that sounds like well, actually, it sounds like a great big clusterfuck of awesome fun. Actually, <laughs> you got to talk it more is, about and... that. So, hang on, just to be clear, okay, so you've got one guy running the show, and yes. and he has a bunch of NPCs like a DM is usually burned with, right? And then yeah. your two main cast 
on the show that are always on the cast plus one guest are all inside yes. one guy's head yeah all trying to do like the same russian accent or something and i changed my mind i'm doing so, this i'll go through the door no 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 i changed my mind again i'm going to walk away from the door like something like that like um so they don't all do the same accent and uh, actually frequently they do different ones because the idea is is that each player is an internet interdimensional being or a demon or whatever mm-hmm. who has is trying to wrest control of jonas towards their own ends um it's you know there are ways to interrupt to take control away from one another it's it's a very simple system once you actually see it all played out um but we you know uh, my friend Doug also hosts or used to host a show where he interviewed comedians around the city. So he knows a lot of comedians and a lot of very funny people. And through through me and Sean, he's getting to know more and more tabletop people. So he's getting more varied people on. So like uh, I went on one time and I was playing Fist and Dantalus, basically like. Oh, a, yes. <laughs> and like, you know, an exaggerated version. So I was yelling and like talking about how we had to find the evil god Bane and destroy him and. Yeah. For, it was for those of you that don't fun. know, Fist of Dantalus is picture Gandalf, but it's more like a deity who's decided to, you know, Gandalf is his avatar. Shh, don't tell anyone I'm actually a deity. And he runs around doing all kinds of, you know, and far more befuddled than uh, than Gandalf. But, you know, in a quick comparison, uh, just sorry, I had to stick that in there. Being a huge Dragonlance fan myself from back in the day. So this is called, this show is called what, All About Jonas. Everybody loves Jonas everyone is jonas <laughs> jonas and the reapers what okay <laughs> every everyone is jonas yeah um and part of what uh, adds to the delightful chaos of it is that uh patrons and former guests and people we meet if we happen to be at a convention uh, get to make the npc that our dm uses oh, so right so he can sort through them but like it has gotten more and more hectic as less and less people have put in just like normal people npcs <laughs> and you know Suddenly, he has like one of them is literally like the bat, the Batman movie version of Bane, where he talks with the like weird British oh, accent. Oh, dude, have you seen the new Harley Quinn cartoon that has uh, Penny from Big Bang Theory? Forget her name. Um, oh, jeez, I forget her name. It's like Kaylee something or other. Isn't yeah, it? but she plays Penny on Big Bang, and she actually is Harley Quinn, and uh, it, it's rude. Like this show is straight up graphic, rude or whatever. But when they pull out Bane who's a moron, he's straight up like, oh, I see you're not using that cupcake. Can I have that? Like, he's doing the voice and the whole bit. And yeah, it's a really good, dark satire parody on villains and what they're doing constantly compared to, you know, the, the superheroes show up, they're all morons. They're all self-centered idiots. <laughs> and everyone's having all these family problems amongst the, the cast. And yeah, uh, but it is it is very rude. This is a very adult show. It is very graphic. And it took me a couple episodes to get into it. I, I watched the first one, went, eh, put it down. I watched it again. And by the time the third one I was binging this show, and like I said, it's really good. Um, sorry, the Bane voice, the talking into your, you know, like, oh, Batman, like, you know, like, talking into your cup that everybody does, uh, has been a big trope for like the last X amount of years. So, sorry, managed to set me off again. <laughs> sorry. Um, so, a couple optional questions. Um, and I know this is kind of funny considering the times we live in, but uh, I've spoken with doctors, lawyers, ditch diggers, you know, just about any walk of life person that's like, this is my day job, but at night I game, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, what do you do for a living? I'm an assistant dental technician. Oh, okay. Which means I uh, help in the kind of uh, long process of making people's crowns and bridges and dentures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is uh, part of the reason my work's closed right now. There was a conference in BC where there was a case. And so everybody's been sent home. 
basically. Yep. No, my dentist appointment actually had uh, today was canceled last week. I was supposed to be the dentist today. And I'm like, oh, look, I set this two hours aside. What can I do? <gasps> Scroll through the, you know, like X amount of people that I've promised interviews to that have all backed up. And, and it's like, ah, right. DMs of Vancouver's next. Hello, hello, hello. Here we are. <laughs> um, and yeah, like maybe with trying to be positive about the stay-at-home thing you know maybe this is your chance to make more content maybe this is a chance for you to um you know put a couple of things up in the corners and lessen the echo forget sean and his apartment you've, you've got you got a nice little <laughs> place there you know like you know get get down with uh, the online stuff um a couple tips and tricks we use zoom chat client uh and don't just take my word for it their stock is actually going through the roof because it is a very good video chat client to use it's free and you make these 45 minute calls we actually pay into it so we can do an unlimited call ourselves um and it like when you're trying to do an online podcast or online anything there are so many minute technical aspects that you have to string together uh and any one of them can go wrong and hold you up and you know that type of thing and we find zoom to be the least of our worries so, that makes sense so um we give, you know, like if i give any advice to anybody i'd say try at least try it yeah uh we typically use zencaster when we're doing remote stuff mm -hmm. uh, which has its own host of problems um, but right now, it is also basically free to use it any amount. It's unlimited and stuff like that. It doesn't have a video mechanic, so it wouldn't work for your show, obviously. But it's no, we... it's worked out okay for ours. And the, the big thing that I know Sean finds helpful about it is it records everyone's audio locally and then sends it to them. So everybody has the same timestamp and all that stuff. The problem has been if somebody's uh, connection is not great, sometimes we lose their audio. Yep. Oh, dude, I know our second half of our season zero of our Dice Before Dishonor podcast, the All Cavalier Party and One Samurai doing War for the Crown, is all on Zencaster. And I loved it because it increased the quality because, like you said, it's all uh, recorded off so-and-so's machine. But there was always one guy that the program, the browser, didn't like his machine, and we were trying to fake audio and string it together. And, you know, it's um, uh, if you want to be nitpicky with the quality, it's worth it, but it does... Uh, introduce a crap ton of post editing and like you said if you don't have a backup plan or something running you could lose an entire you know manage just like taking a character out of the time stream but your character's still going what's that bob <laughs> good idea we'll do that because it's audio is gone you know be an interesting show <laughs> jonas yeah. is not there um but no, not to bash them. We've used them, and it turned out going forward it wasn't for us. But they are definitely worth looking into. I would recommend anyone trying to do a podcast to check them out. Like I said, they're free. So many um, online platforms are offering deals now. It's really nice of them. You think they could really gouge people. But I've seen so many platforms. Um, Fantasy Grounds has gone on sale for 10 bucks. The, the regular um, Roll20 is offering initiatives. Uh, like I said, Zencaster. So many companies have come forward going, hey, you know, just try us out. It's for free. I mean, there's some marketing strategy there. Don't get me wrong. You know, get you in for free, get you hooked. And then when prices go up, you know, they're not stupid. Uh, but I did thought it was, I did think it was heartwarming that they know people at home. They know they're stuck in front of their computer for a lot of work and stuff. And to offer this stuff for free for them to try it, I think is really going to help in these trying times. I've been speaking with one, just one. The other one couldn't make it. Sorry. The DMs of Vancouver. There are so many DMs around Vancouver and my man here, a fellow Canadian, Jesse Boros, one by one, could interview them all. I'm hoping maybe one day you'll branch out and maybe interview a DM from Ontario. But, you know, one can only hope. Oh, I mean, you wouldn't be the first. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show today, Jesse. It, you've been a great guest. And we will see you all next time on Attack of Opportunity. Say goodbye, Mr. Boros. <laughs> goodbye. Thanks so much for having me. 
I do it. The opportunity with you because you're a unique guest where you're just like not just an actual play podcaster, 